Hello and welcome to another episode of Addiction Audio, the podcast from the journal Addiction. Today I speak to Dr Katie East from the University of Waterloo about her research uh, that explores norms as a predictor of smoking uptake among youth. Dr East talks about her systematic review, meta-analysis and meta-aggression of prospective cohort studies, as well as the different kinds of norms and how they relate to tobacco control policy. This interview is conducted online on the 10th of February 2021. We hope you enjoy it. So, uh, Dr. East, your article looked at social norms in relation to smoking behaviour. Can you just briefly explain what social norms are um, and how they relate to smoking? Uh, Yes, so there are two kind of key types of social norms. Um, So you have perceptions of other people's behaviours, which are called descriptive norms, and then you have perceptions of other people's attitudes, um, which are injunctive norms. So, yeah, these are the two main dimensions of social norm, behaviours and attitudes. Um, And then these can apply to lots of different social groups. So uh, parents, close friends, um, society. Um, Yeah. Um, And how do they um, relate to smoking behaviour? Is it that they can kind of accumulate and then change an individual's behaviour in relation to smoking? Uh, Well, so that's what we looked at. So I guess in relation to how norms can be used to assess smoking. So um, one type of social norm would be like, do your parents smoke or do your friends smoke or do your parents approve of smoking or disapprove of smoking um so yeah so you get these two the smoking behavior and then attitudes towards smoking on these different social groups and then there hasn't well before we had done this there hadn't been much research looking at whether these social norms are actually predictive of youth smoking uptake so whether um if you perceive that your parents approve of smoking, whether you are more likely to take up smoking yourself. Um, so that's what this looked at. Okay, uh, so you did a, a systematic review, a meta-analysis and a meta-regression. Before we kind of talk about some of the methods there, can you briefly take us through what you found? Yeah, so so when we, we looked at youth smoking uptake as the outcome, which is uh, initiation, so progressing from having never smoked to having tried smoking or more, um, and then also smoke, smoking uptake, which is like progression to more regular smoking among p- people who already smoke. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about uptake, both initiation and progression to regular smoking. Um, and we found that um, smoking initiation, so progressing from never to experimenting with smoking, um, was consistently predicted by um, having parents and close friends who smoke. So a young person is much more likely or has greater odds of taking up smoking um, their parents or close friends smoke. Um, but we didn't find uh, similar associations for the smoking behaviour of wider social groups. So if, if you perceive that lots of people in uh, in your school or in society smoke, there wasn't much evidence that that predicted whether you take up smoking. Um, and then when we look at uh, perceptions of other people's attitudes, um, we didn't find that parents and close friends' attitudes towards smoking predicted youth smoking uptake. Um, in terms of initiation and progression to regular use. Yeah, so basically, if your parents and close friends smoke, you're more likely to take up smoking. Um, if you're, if wider social groups smoke or um, or these measures of attitudes, they don't tend to predict smoking uptake. Okay, and, and so is this, um, how, is, how have these kinds of norms changed in the past, uh, say, 50 years? Because obviously looking back 50 years, 
lots more people used to smoke. I mean, do we have any understanding about uh, how those social norms might have changed in that time? Uh, well, so to my knowledge, there's not really been any studies assessing trends in social norms uh, over like 50 years. Um, so, you know, one this one dimension of social norms is behaviour, and we know that smoking prevalence has gone down. So in that sense, social norms have changed because smoking prevalence has gone down. So there are fewer people, or there's less of the smoking behaviour in society. Um, but in terms of attitudes um, changing, there isn't much research into that over a long period. Um, we did a study uh, which came out a couple of years ago um, looking at how norms had changed between 2002 and 2015 among daily smokers. Um, and actually, we're weirdly seeing an opposite effect, which was that norms towards smoking become more positive among daily smokers. Um, and, you know, this probably or may not generalise to the general population. Um, but, you know, it might be that these daily smokers have become like more hardened over time and they're like pushing back on stigma because there's a lot of stigma associated with being a smoker. Um, yeah, we don't really know what's going on there. But yeah, it might be different in the general population. So what are the, um, what are the kind of policy or treatment uh, implications for your, uh, from your research? Well, so many tobacco control policies kind of aim to reduce smoking through changing social norms. Um, so, for example, smoke-free policy, um, individuals aren't smoking in, in clubs or in the office, they have to go outside, like away from where people, away from where they're visible. So that's kind of an example of how tobacco control policies can change norms. Um, and our findings suggest that policies um, should kind of continue focusing on changing smoking prevalence um, and encouraging like parents who smoke to quit smoking and reducing expo like youth exposure to smoking. So if you can change how much youth are seeing smoking, particularly in their close social groups, that's this review suggests that that is one of the best you know ways of stopping smoking youth smoking uptake um and policies that focus on reducing how kind of common smoking is perceived to be in society or in changing attitudes um that might be less effective so you know campaigns that tell um adult smokers you know to tell kids not to smoke might not be as effective as campaigns that tell them to quit smoking tell adults to quit smoking yeah especially if they have kids yeah so um how many studies were they Uh, 30 were there any differences across uh different uh geographic regions or in different countries um how kind of spread out were your studies yeah so that's a great question um yeah so most of the studies were in the us um but we had uh there were maybe about 40 percent were in europe um, and then there were also a few in Asia as well. Um, and we found that norms in Asia tended to be more strongly predictive of youth smoking uptake okay. um, than norms in Europe and the US. Um, and we didn't really have much research into kind of why this might be. Um, but yeah, um, it could just be to do, due to like cultural differences in norms. Um, lots of countries, um, you know, countries across the world are at different stages of the like tobacco epidemic so to have different smoking prevalence and attitudes um so it could be something to do with that but yeah we're not sure um okay um so oh yeah um so uh, i know we mentioned this before you did a systematic review a narrative systematic review a meta-analysis and a meta-regression uh what's, what's the difference between a meta-analysis and a meta-regression um yeah so a meta-analysis is where you kind of compare the effect 
well, when you can look at the effect sizes of like one social norm on youth smoking uptake. So, you know, uh, what is the effect size for parents smoking, predicting youth smoking uptake um, or um, close friends smoking? Um, whereas when, when you do a menstrual regression, it allows you to compare the effect sizes across all the different types of norm. Um, so that allowed us to see, for example, that um, sibling smoking was more strongly predictive of your view smoking uptake than uh, perceiving that lots of people in your year smoke at school. Um, and that having, um, having close friends who smoke is more strongly predictive of perceiving peer smoking in your school. So yeah, so it allowed us to really see that the norms of people that are closer to you, or the behaviours of people that are closer to you, are more strongly predictive than wider social groups. That, that all sounds fascinating. Uh, what are you working on next? So we are we have done a lot of the groundwork for replicating this review for e-cigarettes, um, particularly because there's a lot of conversation going on about how vaping might change norms towards smoking um, among young people. So that is, you know, uh, that we have some findings for that at the moment. Um, and then also doing some more work on kind of harm perceptions of smoking and vaping as well um, and how that might predict youth smoking and vaping behaviours because there's a lot of misperceptions surrounding smoking and vaping um, and the, the misperceptions of vaping seem to actually be going up in England. So, you know, we, that really warrants more research into kind of um, what's causing these changes. Uh, fantastic. And where can people look if they want to know more about um, social norms um, and tobacco and nicotine research? Um, well, I guess for so for social norms first, um, I mean, you can read my PhD, but don't do that. It's very long. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there's a book uh, called Predicting and Changing Health Behaviour um, by Mark Connor and Paul Norman, um, which has loads about norms in um, and kind of health behaviour change, um, which was really helpful when I was doing this review and uh, kind of in my a lot of my work. Um, yeah, and then for tobacco and nicotine research, I mean, there's loads of reviews out there looking at the kind of broad predictors of smoking and vaping behaviours. Um, there are reports, so for example, there's a Surgeon General's report in the US, um, which discusses, I think uh, there's one about the, like, the last 50 years of tobacco use, um, and then there's, in terms of vaping, there's the Public Health England um, report um, about uh, e-cigarettes, which is updated every year. So that's a good way of kind of getting up to date with that research. Yeah. Uh, OK, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, thank you ever so much for your time, uh, Dr. Katie East. Thank you, Rob. Bye.